God's blessings might be invoked upon these gifts. All things. Help them out, Greg. Help them out. All things. All And of thine own have we.
open your mouth. Give God glory today. Some worship flow to you. Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We praise you and exalt you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we confess that we are wrong and you are right. We are weak, but thou art strong. We pray that you will speak to our hearts this morning. Thank you for the ministry of music. Thank you for dynamic, Bible-centric worship. And now, God, breathe on us the breath of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, say amen. Amen again. Give our young adults a hand clap. Praise you. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. My God. Mm -hmm. This morning, we're going to challenge your hearts around three words from a familiar text. Sovereignty, solution, and superiority. If you have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 18. 
Jeremiah, it's in the Old Testament of the major prophets. Amen. Jeremiah 18. Hallelujah. When you get it, say amen. And I want to read verses 1 through 3. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. This morning, we want to preach around the subject, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. A renewed feature. Wheel of Fortune. Turn to your neighbor and say, because of this wheel, you've got me going in circles. Here we go. Wheel of Fortune is a popular TV game show where participants spin a wheel to win a prize. However, if the wheel stops at the wrong place, it serves as a penalty. And spiritually, God uses this metaphoric wheel to spin into our lives his sovereignty and his solutions and ultimately his superiority. Jeremiah the prophet was called to a peculiar ministry. This is the only prophet in the Bible that never brought any good news. He is called the prophet of doom. And when Jeremiah stepped into town, people began to frown. Nobody wanted to hear him preach. They hated him. They threw him in ditches. His own family turned against him. And Jeremiah, if you will, amen, was told to condemn the rebellious nation of Judah, to criticize a people for their pollutions and to come face to face with conflict, even those of his own family. He was ostracized. He was never appreciated. He was never given a pastor's banquet. He was the target of criticism. But he was called by God. Too often preachers, pastors, speakers, teachers think 
that their job is to make people feel elated with a message that they want to hear. And sometimes God will corner us and have the message to burn our ears. That, that, that when you look at Jeremiah, the prophet, he was told by God never to get married, never to have anyone close to your bosom that you can say you love. Your job is doomsday. That Judah must spend 70 years in captivity because of all of their sins, trepidations against God, and that there is a coming army in 686 B.C. called the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar and Jeremiah preach, if you fight them, they're going to kill you. Just let it be. This thing is from God. And, and, and one of the things that takes place in this context, if you will, is that through a series of illustrations, and the whole book is about illustrations, that, that Jeremiah, amen, begins to portray a work on the wheels which essentially is a work of wisdom by Almighty God, is, is a work, it is a wheel of fortune, not by chance, but by choice. Uh, not, not a penalty, but a prize. Not luck, but love. Not amen. Not, not letting people go, but actually liberating them through a peculiar and profitable process Amen, which will convert, conform, and bring lasting conviction. Jeremiah, 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 Jeremiah. Notice it, it's, 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 it says, it says the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord. I want to suggest three things as we look at this text. And make them applicable to our everyday lives. The first is God emphasizes a work of sovereignty on these wheels. Do I have a witness? I want, I want, I want you to see this because I, 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 I'm, I'm a stickler for rightly dividing the word. And I don't like people messing up scripture, amen, and calling it a sermon. I don't, I don't like people tampering with truth and deducting truth to fit what God didn't call it to fit. Can I get a witness? And, and, and I don't know how you do with God's sovereignty, but the word sovereignty denotes that God does what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, through whom he wants to do it. And it's none of your nor my business. Can I get a witness? That God is sovereign. 
Yeah. Thank God for sovereignty. And, and, and when we begin to look at this text, there, there, there's some interesting things that take place here that God, by being sovereign, he has a plan, he has a purpose, amen, and he even has a providence. Providence is pro-video that before the foundation of the world, he already scheduled your life. He already had a plan for your life. I have plans for you, Jeremiah 31, not of evil but of good to bring you to a desired end. He's got purpose and he's got a program. Do I have a witness? That, that, that God determines everything. He determines your ethnicity. He determines your culture. He determines when you were born, to what parents you were born, the context in which you were born, the context in which you grew up, the things that you would be exposed to, the experiences that would impact your life, the negative, the positive, the ups, the downs. All that was called by God. There are no accidents in the Bible, only appointments. And that's why Job could say, I'll wait for my appointed time. I'm preaching already. I'll wait till my change comes. It's, it's appointed unto men once to die, no accident, but appointment, and then the judgment. Do I have a witness up in the house? That means you already have an appointment with death. I already have an appointment with death. Not only does God have a date for your appointment, God has the means of your death. God holds in his hands the circumstances surrounding your death. So don't get too comfortable down here. Turn to your neighbor say, because you got to leave here. In the name of Jesus. Now, now, now here's what we, we need to understand. That since there are no accidents, but only appointments. When we look at this matter of sovereignty, the first thing we see here is a mandate to visit. Notice what God tells the prophet, get up and go down. Now, this potter gives an illustration of shaping a vessel. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now, thank, thank God, Brother Arnold went out. I did this before. He went out and bought me. Here's some clay. The potter takes clay, right? And he makes it, shapes it, molds it. And if he doesn't like what he makes, he throws it away and picks it up and makes it all over again. Can I get a witness? Yeah, and, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that he's telling him, go down. Now, sometimes clay is not pliable, meaning you got to add moisture. You got to do something so you can pull it to different directions. You understand what I'm saying? Some of y'all so hard, he got to pull some water on you, and he got to play with you. He got to stretch you. He got he to gotta beat on you. And can I get a witness? Just, just, just to get the clay to conform. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place now. Can I get a witness? And, and, and child of God, it's, 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 it's here that, amen, as he shapes us, God calls us to visitations in our lives to illustrate, listen, the need for what he wants to do in our lives. In order to show you what needs to be done, God will allow visitations of you losing your job. 
visitations of you getting sick. Visitations of you going through suffering. Visitations of relationships coming apart. Just just so he can remind you that you and I need to be formed. Lord have mercy. Yeah. That, 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 That he moves from the mandate of visitation to the marred vessel. Are you with me? Now, it's here that we start to have problems. Look what he says. Arise, go down, verse 2, to the potter's house, and as there I will cause thee to hear my words by this illustration. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. Please take note that the word will is in the plural. There are at least two wheels to help make, mold, shape, break, the clay. And the vessel <laughs> that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. Let me stop. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm marred and I'm messed up. All right, let's start there. Let's start there. Let's, let's, let's just start there. I know you think you're cute, copacetic, got it all together. I, think, I, I know you think you're hotter than a firecracker. Let me, let me get it ready. You and I are marred. We are marred. We are messed up in the DNA. We are ruined. We are ugly. We're no good. We're sinful. We were hell bound. Can I get a witness? Oh, let me, let me, let me make, see, see, listen, listen, let me, let me, let me stop pausing part. How you see yourself determines how you see God. And how you see God determines how you treat others. Let me, let me, let me go. See, if I see myself as a no good Amen. Broken, marred vessel. Then I need God to be my help. Are y'all with me? And because I need God to be my help, because I'm so messed up, then I need to reach out and treat others right. Can I get a witness? Because I have an identity crisis of who I really am. Hang in there with pastors. Trying to get you to see something. And, 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 and so this marred vessel, this marred vessel that, that, that Paul, Paul picks this thing up in Romans chapter 9. Now, now let me stop Paul's apart. We've been here before. I don't want you to turn to Romans 9. It's loaded because, amen, in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 tells us that we have the victory through the law of the Spirit. Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? And then Paul, and this is not parenthetical, I can tell when somebody knows the Bible, I just got to ask them certain questions. I'll tell them, explain to me Romans 9, 10, 11. I can tell by the explanation where they know what they're talking about. In Romans 9, 10, 11, it's not parenthetical. It fits the script because it starts talking about Israel. Past Israel, present Israel, future Israel. 
When you understand the argument of Paul in Romans 9, which is talking about the past Israel, Paul begins, listen, to defend the justice, righteousness, mercy, and grace of God. It, it's, it's, it's in the past Jew. Has God forgotten his people? No. He's coming back to pick them up. Can I get a witness? A remnant will be saved. Uh, uh, it's, it's on hold now and it'll be picked back up later. God never forgets whom he loves. Can I get a witness? But it's in Romans 9, 19b. Don't turn. It says, for who hath resisted his will? In other words, can man tell God no? And the answer is no. We can't tell God no. God is sovereign. God rules. God sits high and looks low. God orders our every breath. Every morning you wake up, God had his stamp of approval on it. You can't wake up by yourself. You can't go to sleep by yourself. You can't function by yourself because by him, Sister Hicks, we live, move, and have our being. Do I have a witness? So if God controls everything, if God is sovereign about everything, then, listen, we really cannot say no to him. Can't say it. Some, someone has said that even if I, was a, if, if I were an atheist and I decided that I'm going to defame and disrespect God and I'm going to spit at him, the fact that God is so awesome he has created the universe with principles and laws. And the law of gravity says that when I get angry with God, and I pull spit, that God's gravity will make the spit come right back down and hit me. Can I get a witness? Because that's what makes him awesome. He's everywhere at the same time. If I make my bed in hell, he's there. If I fly on the wings of the morning, he's up there. God is everywhere. Can I get a witness? And it's here that Paul says, have not, this is in Romans 9, 21, hold it, have not the potter power over the clay. Now, here, now here's what he says. To make of the same lump vessels of honor, vessels of dishonor. In other words, and this is a very humbling thing, out of this one lump comes Adolf Hitler, drug dealers, murderers. Can I get a witness? We came out of the same lump. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The only reason you're sitting up here clothed in your right mind is because God took the same lump and pulled you out. Can I get a witness? He sovereignly... He sovereignly pulled you out of the same lump and he started remaking you. He started reshaping you. He started remolding you. Can I get a witness? Out of, out of, out of the same lump. I'm no better than a drug dealer that has killed thousands of people. I'm no better than somebody with a needle in his arm. I'm no better than a prostitute selling her body. I'm no better. Why? Because we all came out of the same lump called sin. Look at this. This marred vessel speaks of election. 
Now, 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 some denominations and some faiths don't want to deal with election. Well, I don't understand. Well, it's not meant for you to understand. The Word of God is meant for you to accept. It's not meant for you to understand. Election says that God chose some and didn't choose others. Can I get a witness? You say, well, is that righteous? Is there unrighteousness with God? That, that is that we were chosen before the foundation of the world, predestinated, adopted, ate, placed into the body of Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world. And Romans goes on to say, dealing with Jacob and Esau, twins that came out of Rachel, uh, that came out of uh, Rebecca's womb. Listen to Pastor now. Uh, that, that, that is, here's what he said, the babies yet being born, still in their mother's womb, had not done good or evil. And yet God had already said, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. So it has nothing to do with our works. It's got to do with his election. He elected us. Jesus said in John 15, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Can I get a witness? Child of God, so, so, so when we begin to look at this matter of, uh, uh, a, a, amen, of a marred vessel, and in theology, you got to be careful because in Romans 9, this is the language used. It says, one to honor, one to dishonor. Vessels of wrath fitted for destruction, which almost implies double predestination. People say, I don't believe God would do that. Well, double predestination says, if God predestinated you to heaven, then did he predestinate others to hell? And Jesus said, it's, uh, you know, the Bible, Timothy said, it's not God's will that any should perish. So here's what we're going to deductively look at. Let's say that God predestinated you if you saved to heaven. He just did not pull out the others that are going to hell. Because all have sinned and fallen short. So, in the Greek, man has fitted himself for destruction. See, the reason I can be transparent and the reason I can be merciful to people and the reason I can understand what people are failing and falling all the time is because I have a good sense of how God saved me. Who am I to look down at you when the Lord said you came out of the same lump as people in hell? And I heard one preacher say, there are people in hell that live better than you, but they in hell. Can I get a witness? Leave this one alone. He, he deals with the marred vessel. But then in verse 7, 8 deals with the making of a new vessel. Look at verse 7. At what instant shall I speak concerning a nation, a kingdom, to pluck up, pull down, to destroy it? And if that nation against whom I pronounce, amen, turn from their evil, repent, I will repent of the evil 
that God is saying this matter of sovereignty. Bring me going, you had nothing to do with nothing. You chose nothing. You knew nothing. You didn't do anything. You didn't act accordingly. You, you're just a trophy of my grace. Do I have a witness up in the house? But for the grace of God, there goes I. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. If God should mark iniquities, who could stand? I'm preaching it. All our righteousness as filthy rags, Isaiah 64. Can I get a witness? So, so what, 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 what he's saying is that God has, now listen to this now, God has emphasized a work of sovereignty on the wills. You got an appointment with the will, brother. And what I'm going to do on the will is my sovereign design. I'm going to break, make, shape according to my own blueprint. Can I get a witness? I'm going to pull you out of darkness and translate you into my marvelous light. You can't run. You can't say no. You can't object. You can't amen. You can't send an email or a text saying I won't make it. You can't turn your cell phone off. You can't put it on uh, a vibrate. God says when I come through, I'm coming through. Everybody's going to hear me. Everybody's going to respond. Can I get a witness? And child of God, Jesus said, no man can pluck them out of my hand. All that I have chosen, none is lost but the son of perdition. Can I get a witness? He, he deals with this sovereignty. And God is sovereign. He's sovereign. I still don't know. When I go back in my life, I still don't understand what God and how God was moving. Still don't, I'm baffled that God had a plan and a purpose and a program for my life. Baffled that he brought me out of darkness. Baffled he brought me out of sin. Some of y'all I know you don't think he brought you out of sin. Baffled he brought me out of filth. Baffled, he bought me, bought me, bought me, bought me. Bought me with smoke still in my garments. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Jesus. Sovereignty. And it goes back to the, yeah, serenity prayer. Here it is. First part. Lord, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. There's some things in our lives we just can't change. And you need to stop trying to change them. We just can't change. I said it Wednesday, I said, <laughs> I said, we even lie about our testimonies. God can't get all the glory because you ain't telling all the story. If you told all the story, God would get all the glory. I like that. Man, what did you do before you got saved? Well, I was going to hell and, you know, we used to go to parties. And, you know, we, uh, we, uh, we 
you had a night out with the girls. No, you're lying. Tell the whole story. <laughs> and, and you know why we won't tell the whole story, Sister Higgs? Because we're more concerned with people think of us than if we are what Jesus thinks of us. We ain't going to tell the whole story. I was a fornicator. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I was this and I was that and I did this and I did that and I'm so sorry and I did this and I did that. You see, you notice I got my head down. I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that and I did that and I did that and I did that, this and this, that and I did all of that and all of this. But God, who's rich in mercy, and see, what we don't understand, the more that and this you talk about, the more praise he gets. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? So when you limit your story, you limit his glory. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Well, you know, I'm a little shy. You weren't shy in a while. Them strobe lights in the ceilings and, you know, wacky weed and Colombian red, black and... Lord have mercy. I, I, I just don't want to say all of that. I want to say all of that. Well, the Lord delivered you from all that. Can I get a witness? And, and, when you, when you, and when you walk with the master, and when you understand that your life is not your own, when you understand, come on now, that it doesn't matter what people think of you. It only matters what they think of him. Now unto him. Who's able to keep you from falling? And see, here's what you don't know. I believe that when you get the glory, yeah, you're going to see Jesus, and you're going to shout, and you're going to have your mansion, but I believe there's a street up there called Testimony Boulevard where all the saints stand day and night and testify what Jesus did in their lives. Can I get a witness? And I'm so glad that the Lord saved my soul. So glad, so glad he made me whole. So glad he forgave all my sin. So glad he washed me. Can I get a witness? So glad he changed my mind, transformed my heart, ordered my steps. I'm so glad that the potter took the clay and reshaped me, remold me, remade me. I'm so glad. That I'm blood washed, blood bought, and born again. And I don't give a kitty what you think. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my redeemer. Can I get a witness? He's worthy. I said he's worthy. He's worthy. He'll clean up your dirty library. He'll <laughs> clean up uh, your old friends. He'll clean up your old ways. He'll clean up your old mind. He'll clean up your old will. He'll set you on a street called straight. Won't he do it, saints? He's sovereign. He's strong. Any good? In God good? 
work of sovereignty, work of sovereignty, work of sovereignty on, 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 on the wheels, on the wheels, on the wheels. Secondly, God employs a wisdom and a solution to our wounds. Now we're going to get quiet. Look at chapter 19, verse 1, broken bottle. Here's another metaphor. Thus saith the Lord, go and get a potter's earthen bottle and take it, take of uh, the ancients of the people and of the ancients of the priests. Amen. He tells them to go, go get this bottle. Now I want you to see something here about the inhabitants of Judah beginning, are you with me? He says, I will, verse 3, I will bring evil upon this place, the which whosoever heareth, his ears will tingle. Look at verse 4, because they have forsaken me. Now, now let me stop. Let me stop. It was Jeremiah that said in the second chapter to Israel, to Judah, you have committed two sins. One, you have forsaken me. God's talking, you've forsaken me, the fountains of living water. You've forsaken me. A whole lot of folk in the church have forsaken the living waters. The second sin is you've hewn out cisterns that can hold no water. You've substituted God for careers. You've substituted God for notoriety and pride. You've substituted God for money. I'm preaching now. You, you've substituted God for fame. You, you've hewn out cisterns that can hold no water. That's why Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Why? Because I am your living water. You remember what he told the woman at the well? The woman, amen, at 12 noon it was hot and Jesus sent his disciples into the city to buy meat, amen, and he was alone with this woman at the well. And the woman, by the way, the woman was a loose woman. The woman was not, amen, a celebrated uh, a, a woman of, of integrity. And he met the woman at the well and Jesus walks up to the well. The woman is drawing water by herself and, and Jesus said, woman, uh, can you give me something to drink, please, you know? And, and, and the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. And they get into this long dialogue. Jesus, who is a surgeon, goes right at the heart. He said, woman, go call your husband. Now, 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 now you got to understand why he said that. Because in that day, women would not be alone without their husbands. They may be with other women at a certain time of the day, but they would not be walking the town and fetching water by themselves. So he says, woman, go call your husband. And she said, I have no husband. Here it comes. Jesus said, you've had five husbands. And the one you're shacking with is not your husband. <laughs> Y'all ain't getting this. You're working on a sixth one. And the first five didn't work because what you need to satisfy you is not a man. 
what, what you keep missing is it's not sex that you need. It's salvation that you need. And, and it's sanctification and satisfaction that you need. And, 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 and when Jesus told her, hey, 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 man, when Jesus told her, now, go call your husband, she said, you know what, I, I, I perceive that you are a prophet. She said, no man could know that. Hmm. And then Jesus opens all both barrels. He said, woman, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for water. Can I get it? Are y'all getting this? Are y'all getting this? She's thirsty. And we are thirsty. And nothing seems to cure our thirst. We've tried money. We've tried cars. We've tried houses. We've tried meat stoles. We've tried careers. And it looks like it works for a while. Then it dissipates. Something else is missing. Can I get a witness? I, I've, I've been in clothes stores. I've been in shoe stores. I said, man, if I could just get this suit, if I could just get these shoes. I, 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 and, and in the minute I get the shoes, I wear them a couple times, and they have no more appeal to me. Are you praying with me? In other words, they lose their power to satisfy. And only Jesus can satisfy the sin-sick soul. You can go to Hollywood. You can make a record. You can get on TV. You can get fame and fortune. But it looks like it's going to work, but it's going to dissipate. There's something that the soul needs. And it's Jesus, the Christ. It's a walk with the master. Can I get a witness? And when he's walking with you, when he's talking with you, when he's being with you, when he's resuscitating you, you've got power. Uh, Paul says, and you were dead, Ephesians 2, 1. You were dead, disobedient, doomed, defeated, amen, in trespasses and sins. But God... But God, pay attention to the prepositions. Can I get a witness? But God, unto him, through him, with him, for him, from him. Are you praying? A preposition is a directional device. Isn't that right? A conjunction breaks. Amen, a sentence up. Uh, and just when we lose a hope, but God, uh, the conjunction jumps in. And then once you get past the but, God starts the prepositions. I'm working in you, through you, for you, to you, of you. Can I get a witness? Child of God, when you begin to look at this matter of God bringing a solution to our woes. And, uh, you know, I brought this out this morning. This is why we cannot compare each other with one another. We all got different historical backgrounds. Let me tell you what that means. If you look at the way I pastor this church, it may not make sense to you. It may not. It may not even tingle your innards till you understand my background. 
I grew up in a structured home with rules. We got rules. Can I get a witness? There's a curfew on the house. There's a curfew on the refrigerator. There's a curfew how many times you can wear them shoes that they bought you. <laughs> I'm not into relationships first. I'm not into feelings. I'm into function. We start these services on time. You know, people say, well, if the spirit is moving. First of all, if the spirit knows that our worship starts at 1030, he ain't going to move on you to delay it to 11 o'clock. That's your spirit. That ain't the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is orderly. Oh, I'm preaching this place. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this. And then on all that structure in my background, in my DNA, I had a nerve to go in the military seven years. More structure. More discipline. See, here's the thing about me. In 1970 and 71, while y'all was in cabarets and discos, We were overseas in a dark room looking at radar scoops, making sure that Russia and China did not bomb you. We had phones to the Pentagon three seconds for a preemptive strike. So while you, we sitting up there all night like this, looking, protecting this nation. Can I get a witness? My whole background is one of discipline and, listen, one of getting the job done, one of, of being diligent about what you're doing. I'm trying to preach to you. So when you deal with me, you got to deal with me from that bent. He's structured. He wants excellence. He wants punctuality. He ain't concerned about what we think. He wants Jesus Christ to be promoted. Are y'all hearing me? Now, you got a DNA too, and that's the problem in marriage. You're, listen, your DNA is that here you are, you, you, you know, you, you, you want to act and do whatever you want to do, then you want to marry somebody's structure. And then when the problems come, you know, what's going on here? Well, you won't even pick your own underwear up. You, you know, here, here's somebody you married to that demands a clean house. Oh, I'm preaching now. You want to drop dishes in the sink. Here's somebody that likes to keep a clean kitchen. I'm, try, I'm trying to make this thing, you know, can I get away? Here's somebody who is not caught up in the awe of pleasing people, but they just want to praise the Lord. Can I get a witness? Here's somebody who accepts themselves for who they are and nothing else, and you all your life have put, been putting on airs, and you're still putting on airs, and it's a lie from the pit. Can I get a witness? We have different DNAs. So God comes along and says, you know what? I'm going to start healing this stuff. These wounds are going to wreck this person's life. They're dysfunctional. So he says, I'm going to reshape them. And in reshaping them, the first thing I got to do is expose to them what the problem is. So Ezekiel, his contemporary, God comes to Ezekiel and says, Son of man, yes, Lord, get up, same thing, 
go down to the valley of dead bones. And it's there I'm going to speak to you. Do you see the similarities? So Ezekiel gets down there in the graveyard, all these bones, battered, bruised, brittle, broken bones laying all over the graveyard. And then God says, son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, you know, Lord. He said, preach to the bones. Oh, let me stop talking. You know, the only thing that's going to change us is the word of God. Can I get a witness? He's like, well, we need more education. We need better living facilities. That ain't changing nobody. It's only going to change situations for a time. Y'all ain't got to say amen. I'll say it for you. It ain't going to change nobody. I go to 33rd and Gerard, get a monkey out of the zoo. Amen. Clip his hair, wash him, bathe him, put a, put, a, put a tuck on him, top hat and the cane, bring that monkey down the center aisle, hold his hand, put him on the front seat, and the monkey be sitting there like that, and all of you look at the monkey and say, Whoo! Whoa, isn't that something? But it's only a matter of time. Because by nature, he's a monkey. And by nature, people are sinners, and sinners are supposed to sin. By nature, that monkey going to get up, try to get up to them chandeliers, and he going to start swinging. So if I put you in a new house, you're going to be glad the first night, then you're going to swing the next night. Can I get a witness? I give you more education. You're just going to be a wise idiot. Can I get a witness? Child of God, what you need is not renovation. You need salvation. You need transformation. You need surgery by the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Look, 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 he reshapes, he, he remakes, he remolds. Right here. Right here. Look at this. Once you see this, in verse 4 it says, they burned incense of the gods, they were messed up. Verse 5, they made high places to bail, priorities out of whack. They burned their own children, verse 6, in the valley of the slaughter. God says, I need to come in and change their directions and change their diets, change their dependencies, change their devotions, change. See, well, how, God, are you going to change people's wounds? I'm glad you asked. If I need to, I'll use sicknesses. The woman with an issue of blood said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Can I, that, that caused her to follow Jesus. Y'all ain't getting this picture. Some of us won't follow him. You get sick enough, you'll follow him. Can I get a witness? And, and, and then, and then and Jerry's daughter was laying at the point of death, and Jesus took his good old time on getting to Jerry's daughter. Can I get a witness? And, and Lazarus was sick unto death, and Jesus went the other, in the opposite direction. That God can use sicknesses and then God can use our own sins. Remember the prodigal son, Sister Hicks, in Luke 15, he went to his daddy and said, give me everything you got that belongs to me. I want out of here. Too many rules. I want to go. I want to go in the world. I want to party. You know the story. Yeah. Bible says he took everything and went out, out there and wasted it on riotous living. And the Bible says, being rebellious and defiant with his dad, 
He's out there on his own now. Thought he knew everything. Let me, let me, let me, let me say this to children and young adults of your parents. What you're doing now, your parent has done three times over. Went out and wasted everything. And the Bible says he became hungry. And you will get hungry in the world. Yes, you will. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that when he got hungry and he was forced to get ready to go to the pigs to eat with the pigs. And this is a Jewish metaphor. So being with swine is the last resort. Can I get a witness? And the Bible says it was at that point of hunger and a hideous situation that he came to his senses. You know trouble will make you come to your senses? And parents, and I'm a parent and it's hard. We cannot, parents, we cannot pull our children out of every situation. Sometimes you've got to let them fail. You got to let them fall. You got to let them go where no man in your house has gone. When I was being raised, my mom and daddy said, now listen, if you go to jail, you get one phone call when you get locked up. Isn't that right, Luther? You get one phone call when you get locked up. And here's what our parents said, don't call me. <laughs> listen, they ain't have money to buy bread. Let's more getting you out of jail. If you make your bed hard, you're going to lay in it. The problem today, and I'm including myself, is that every time our children get into trouble, we're trying to bail them out. And they keep getting in more trouble. There's got to be a cutoff point. Can I get a witness? Will you let them go? You, you let, I'm preaching now. God can speak to them in jail. He can speak to them in, in a hospital. He can speak to them. I'm preaching now. He can speak to them in tough times. You got to let them go. He started talking to himself. He said, I'm going back to my father's house. And I'm going to beg my father, I'm going to say, Father, look, the boy was rehearsing this. I'm going to say, I'm saying to myself, I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against you. Allow me to become just a servant. Can I get a witness? And the boy turned around and started back home. But he was clothed in his right mind. Can I get a witness? And the Bible says the father saw him afar off and started rejoicing. The son is humbled and hungry and messed up. His head is down. He's embarrassed. He's confused. But the father who represents God uh, uh, saw him, yeah, coming back with the right attitude. And he said, kill the fattest calf and put new shoes, sandals on the boy. Bring a ring for him and can I get a witness? Uh, bring a new robe for him. Can I get? That's the way God is when we messed up and failed and falled and we faltered. God doesn't hold it against us. 
but he does wait till we get clothed in our right mind. He waits till we turn this thing around. He waits till we repent. Then God opens up his arms. Can I get a witness? I don't know how many times God opens up his arms to me, but he opens up his arms repeatedly. Can I get a witness? Yeah, and if God doesn't get you through sicknesses, he will, yeah, he will get you through suffering. Won't he do it, saints? You suffer long enough, you'll come to your right senses. You go through enough hell, you'll walk straight. You go through enough hell, you'll talk straight. Everything you say you couldn't do, you will do. Because hard times will wake your butt up. Hard times will make you straight. Hard times will sanctify you. Hard times will lift you up. Hard times will make you go back home. Can I get a witness? Oh, Lord, have mercy. But God is reshaping us and remaking us and remolding us from our wounds. We are wounded. We are wounded. People are struggling in marriage because the, his, the historicity of their relationships are negative. Isn't that right, Doc? Controlling, drunken, battered, bruising father. Controlling, loose, prostitute mother. We grow up in that. We get married. And then we keep feeling all the frictions of why my marriage is not working. You need Jesus in your history. He got to loose the chains from your past. Can I get a witness? Most husbands are paying for what the girl's daddy did. And most wives are paying for what their boy's mother did. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this one. Let me move up in there. Amen. We're holding innocent people hostage. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop holding innocent people hostage. Can I get a witness? Uh, uh, say this to your neighbor. They didn't do nothing to you. You bought that baggage with you. Can I get a witness? Oh, I'm preaching up in this place, child of God. I didn't hit your mother. Somebody need to preach it. I want the boyfriend that burnt you. I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? We got to let the Holy Ghost do a surgical procedure on our history and on our DNA. And forgetting those things that are behind, we need to reach forward to those things that are before us, looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. I'm coming in now. But look at chapter 20, final point. Yeah, God empowers a word of superiority in our witness and in our worship. As Jeremiah felt abandoned by God, and he, he does as he does in Lamentations, the next little book, he confesses within himself that he felt deceived. Look at verse 7, chapter 20. He tells God, you deceived me. And if you go back to Jeremiah 15, he calls God a liar. 
I'm preaching up in this place. Now let's stop. Look up, look up, look up. God is not deceiving. And God is not a liar. But in the crucible of your pain, Satan will make it seem like God lied to you. Satan will make it seem like God deceived you. Can I get a witness? And he says, in lamentations, he's stronger than I. And in my daily derision, I like lamentations three. Don't turn. Jeremiah comes out. And in his despair, he says, I'm the man that have seen the affliction by the rod of his wrath. He both led me and brought me into darkness. Verse 7, chapter 3 of Lamentations. He hath hedged me in so that I'm not able to get out. Verse 14, remembering my affliction, my misery, and my wormwood, and the goal my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to mine, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. It is good that a man and a woman should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. We're coming in now. Go back to Jeremiah, amen, 20, verse 7. Look what it says. You've deceived me. You're stronger than I am. And I, I cannot prevail against you. I'm in derision daily. Everyone is mocking me. And here's what Jeremiah says to God. And since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and derision daily. Then I said, here it is. I will not make mention of him. Stop. That's me saying, Lord, no more preaching. No more proclaiming. No more praising. You've let me down. You didn't answer my prayers. You deceived me. You sidetracked me. You, 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 you took advantage of me because you're stronger. Therefore, I'm not going to tithe anymore. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not going to participate and serve anymore. I'm ticked off at your God. But child of God, I'm coming in for the close. And Jeremiah then said, I will not make mention of him nor speak anymore in his name. But God is so awesome that even in the center of our complaints, he burns in our hearts his word. And Jeremiah said, but his word is like fire in my bones. Fire burning on the altar. See, you don't get this. God says, I'm going to let all this stuff happen in your life. But my word will not come back void. I'm going to put a witness in you that even when you want to give up, you can't give up. Even when you want to walk out, you can't walk out. Even when you want to say, leave me alone, you can't say, leave me alone. It's like fire. I said fire. When you get the fire on the inside, 
Satan can't stop you. When you get fire on the inside, you can walk through troops. When you get fire on the inside, you can say, I believe the Lord. Can I get a witness? You can go not know where you're going. When you get fire on the inside, he gives you power. It's burning. Pray for somebody. It's burning. He'll give you fire. Burning in my bones. Can I get a witness? And when the fire burns, I can't help myself. When the fire burns, great is he that's in me. Then he that's in the world, when the fire burns, hey, hey, you can do what you want to do. But it's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. When the fire burns, I heard of him by the hearing of my ear. But now my eyes have seen the Lord. Can I get a witness? I'm going to be in the secret place of the most high God because I got a burning on the inside. And this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. What I have, you can't take. What I have, you ought to want. What I have is a person named Jesus, a power, a program, a providence. Say yeah, say yeah, power, 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 no weapon, power, when the enemy comes in like a flood, My God, he's shaping, making, molding out of the same lump, but he's leaving us with a power and it's burning on the inside. Hallelujah. I'm saved and I can't go back because there's a burning. Isn't there burning? There's a burning on the inside. Can I get a witness? It's power. Once you meet Jesus, you might stray, but you can't go away because there's a burning on the inside. Let's stay on our feet this morning.
the wheel of fortune. A wheel that will take care of you all the days of your life. A wheel that is for all my children. A wheel for the general hospital. A wheel for your secret store. The wheel of fortune. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you want to be saved, truly born again, not just in profession, but in possession. Jesus, who is Lord, God's only begotten Son, died for your sins, was buried and rose the third day with all power in his hands. He wants to save you. You believing, ABC, admitting, believing, and confessing that he died for your sins. If you want to be saved, just raise your hand. Is there one today? Don't be ashamed. He said, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed. I, I see your hand. Raise your hands. If your hands are raised, please come on out. Meet me up front. If your hands are raised, come on. Praise him. Praise him. She's good. She's good. She's good. Thank you. Come on, baby. That's all right. Praise Jesus. Turn right here. Turn, turn around, baby. Turn his face this way. Baby. That's it. Is there another? Step on out right now. Hallelujah. Praise him. Bless the Lord. Thank you, darling. Come on, baby. Praise Jesus. Right here. Stand right here. We have one this morning. Perhaps you are saved looking for a church home. Raise your hand. You want to join our church. You need to sit under the engrafted word of God. Come on. If your hands are raised, come on up. Bless the Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Praise Jesus. Is there another? In the balcony, is there another? Will you follow the ministers, please? Thank you so much. Lord bless you. Thank you. Amen. Bless the Lord. Listen. God is doing a work of sovereignty, solution, and superiority in our lives. The rapture is soon to come. It's closer, as Romans said, than when we first believed. You must be born again. You can't go to heaven on your mother's testimony your father's dedication. God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. Can I get a witness? And I believe, as we close, that God puts this burning deep in us as a witness. And nobody can put that fire out. That I believe, and as Paul says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, principalities nor power, things present, things to come, nor any other thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. What a God. What a God. Father, we thank you for the work on the wheels. We thank you.
for the healing of our wounds. And you're still healing us. And then we thank you for that burning witness, that word that you put deep on the inside that will never leave us. Whatever we do, that word will come back. It will not be voided. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm marred. I need a makeover. And I'm a miracle. We love you. Have a great day.